0: You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, award-winning volunteer and chapter leadership committee member of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Hi, Cindy.
1: Hi, Jeremy.
0: This is episode 116 of Lighthearted, and today is April 28th, 2021. We'll be traveling to Sweden again for part two of two episodes about Potter Noster Lighthouse. Today's subject is a unique event, the recent contest where a person was chosen to spend a week at the remote lighthouse to watch films as part of the largest film festival in Scandinavia. We'll be talking with the artistic director of the film festival and with the winner of the contest. But first, what has happened on the state in history, Cindy?
1: Construction of 30 Mile Point Lighthouse on Lake Ontario, New York, began on April 28, 1875. It got its name because it's 30 miles from the mouth of the Niagara River. The light was first exhibited from the Limestone Tower just about a year later on April 27, 1876. The rotating third-order Fresnel lens produced a light that was 600,000 candle power and could be seen 16 miles out into Lake Ontario. Today, the 30-mile point light station is within Golden Hill State Park, and the nonprofit Friends of 30 Mile Point Lighthouse work for the preservation of the property. You can rent the assistant keeper's quarters by the night or the week.
0: Also, the author Harper Lee was born in Alabama on April 28, 1926. She wrote in To Kill a Mockingbird quote, People generally see what they look for and hear what they listen for. Unquote.
1: Also, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court Elena Kagan was born in New York City on April 28, 1960. She once said, quote, Law matters because it keeps us safe because it protects our most fundamental rights and freedoms, and because it is the foundation of our democracy, unquote.
0: As I mentioned, this is the second of two episodes about the Paternoster Lighthouse. As we told you in the last episode, Paternoster is a small archipelago off the west coast of Sweden. A 105-foot-tall cast iron lighthouse was constructed on one of the islands in 1868. The tower was moved from the island to shore for a restoration that began in 2002, and today the light station is operated as a small hotel that features rooms with a sea view, a restaurant, and three boathouses for dinner and conferences.
1: Today we'll be talking about a film festival's partnership with the Potter Noster Lighthouse Hotel, the Gothenburg Film Festival, which began in 1979, is the largest film festival in the Nordic countries. Because of COVID restrictions, this year's 11-day festival was held digitally with premiere screenings every night.
0: This year, the festival organizers created an isolated cinema event. It was announced that a winner would be selected to spend a week watching film premieres at the isolated Paternoster Lighthouse. The winner would have to commit to living in isolation on the island, completely without contact with the outside world, and also to keep a video diary of the experience.
1: The contest was announced with an online video and more than 12,000 entries were received from more than 45 countries. On January 19th, the festival selected Lisa Enroth, a 41-year-old emergency nurse and film enthusiast as the winner. The CEO of the festival said it felt right to give the opportunity to one of the many heroes working in healthcare during the pandemic.
0: We'll listen to an interview with Lisa shortly. But first, Jonas Holmberg is a movie critic who founded a film magazine called FLM. He joined the festival in 2012 and became the artistic director in 2014. I spoke with him last month about the film festival's contest involving Paternoster Lighthouse. Let's listen to that conversation now. I'm here with Jonas Holmberg, And uh, he is the director of the, and Jonas, I want to ask you to correct me in a moment here, but you're the director, artistic director of the Jetteborg Film Festival in Sweden. And I appreciate you being with me today, Jonas. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Your pronunciation was perfect. (laughs) I doubt very much that it was perfect. It's probably no surprise uh, to you that I I don't speak Swedish and Swedish pronunciations are baffling to me. I I looked online and came up with uh, at least an approximation of uh, the pronunciation there. So can you tell me the proper pronunciation of your name in Swedish? And secondly, please give me, please correct my pronunciation of the film festival.
2: Yeah, well, when I speak to um, um, uh, Americans, I usually say Jonas Holmberg, but if I talk to Swedish people, I say Jonas Holmberg. So okay. it's a little bit different. And the festival is Göteborg Film Festival in Sweden, and um, um, the city of Gothenburg, which is uh, sometimes used uh, internationally also.
0: Okay, thank you.
2: And when we started, I was going to
0: say, uh, "Hey, right? Hey, yeah, perfect. Hey, hur mår du? bra. Hur mår du?" <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, uh, some people listening might, might understand what we, what we just said, but just want to practice my Swedish a little bit. So before we talk about the recent event that involved the uh, Paternoster Lighthouse, I'd like to talk a little bit about the background of the film festival. Uh, how long has it been around and what is the focus of the festival?
2: The festival is, has been around since 1979, which makes it the oldest film festival in Scandinavia, actually. And uh, the focus since the start has been uh, on the Nordic cinema films from uh, the Nordic region and Scandinavia. And uh, so we screen films from all over the world. But um, what we're internationally famous for is presenting new Scandinavian films and uh, Scandinavian filmmakers to uh, the international audience. So that's our main like internationally um, focus. But for for the audience in uh, in, uh, Sweden, we are also known from screening films from all over the world. Okay, that's great. You certainly have a, a amazing film uh, history there in Sweden and Scandinavia. We do, we do.
0: And Ingmar Bergman uh, but, and several others. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Ingmar Bergman was actually um, the honorary president of the festival until his death, and uh, so uh, we had a close relationship to him. And uh, one of the competitions that we present at the festival is the Ingmar Bergman competition, uh, which we founded together with him, where for debutants, uh, debutant filmmakers working kind of in his spirit.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. By the way, I'm a film student from a million years ago. And uh, yeah, I went to uh, college for, for film in Boston. And uh, I'm a real film buff. But before we talk about any films or anything like that, I, I really want to talk about the uh, the contest uh, to stay at the Paternoster Lighthouse for a week in conjunction with the festival.
2: So what led to that that decision to do a contest like that? And the background is of course the pandemic which has changed the film world and has changed film festivals and um, since nowadays it's uh, impossible to arrange uh, physical festivals um, uh, so every film festival is online nowadays and uh, people are also watching films at home and online and not at uh, cinemas anymore as they used to be before the pandemic and this is still the case in sweden i think maybe you have opened up a little bit of the theaters in US, but um, anyways, the idea f- for this uh, contest and the screening films at the at Lighthouse was that um, we were reflecting on the pandemic and how the pandemic has changed people's lives and uh, how it has changed also people's relationship to uh, cinema and to films. Because during the pandemic, so many people have been in isolation all over the world in their homes. And many of those have turned to cinema and uh, they have watched so many movies and they have done this to for comfort and uh, for company and uh, to have something to think about and we were interested in that and how and because we also thought that it changes the experience of watching the films when you have watched them uh, at home and uh, not with other people in the theater but only um, in isolation with only yourself or your closest family and for example if you Watch a comedy and you don't, you can't laugh with the other people in the, in the cinema. Um, it changes the experience. But also during this pandemic, some films has been very weird to see. I think for like normal, simple scenes, as like two people meeting on the street and hugging each other. It feels so weird to look at that, or a big party with people going around, and <laughs> you know, these kind of scenes makes their meaning is different when you watch them uh, in isolation during a pandemic. So we were, we discussed that a lot and how how the pandemic has changed our relationship to films, and so then we thought, why don't we why don't we take this to the extreme, um, and see what happens if we not only Take the experience that so many people have had during the pandemic, being in isolation, watching films, but we take it to the extreme. So we put one, one person in total isolation and, and that this person will do nothing but only watching films. <laughs> um, so. And, th- and then we came up that with the idea that this lighthouse would be the perfect um, spot for this because we did this at the Lighthouse Paternoster, which is uh, a bit outside of uh, Göteborg. And this lighthouse is a beautiful place and it's also like a perfect place to isolate um, one person because it's very small. It's basically a rock in the sea and with only the lighthouse and the old house where the lighthouse manager used to live next to it and so there is nothing else so you're really isolated there and you can uh, and yeah so this was basically the idea to experiment with the the um uh, with the engagement with films in isolation
0: so by the way uh in the u.s yeah there are some movie theaters open now but the some of the big chains have actually gone out of business and yeah. two movie theaters closest to me are closed permanently yeah. which makes me very sad yeah so uh, the uh, whole movie going experience is definitely changing. Yep. so I read you had more than twelve thousand entries in the competition
2: before we we launched this we we said we have to we have to talk to um some friend's friend or somebody that we can put out there because we weren't sure if we would get even one application because it was still still quite extreme to spend one week in this very, very small island all by yourself and you weren't even allowed to bring anything you weren't allowed to bring your phone or your computer or even a book nothing and Mm -hmm. so you were there only with the films and the sea and the the sky and the lighthouse and that was it so it was quite an extreme experience so we didn't know if even one person would apply but then like already in the first half an hour we had applications from every continent (laughs) so there was a huge interest and i think that has to do with this pandemic at the same time as it has been an experience of isolation, it has also been in some way an experience of community. For Because I don't know if there, this has never ever happened before, that so many people have experienced the same thing at the same time and feeling the same things and reflecting on the same thing. So I think really this kind of contest and this kind of experiment tied into what so many people had already had been reflecting on and thinking about and relating. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I would have applied <laughs> if I was in any position to be there, I would have applied. So,
0: what were the reasons for the selection of Lisa Enroth as the winner?
2: Um, we had some criteria when we um, when we should find a, a right person, and one of them is that it should be somebody who loves uh, films, loves who loves watching movies, that could ex- appreciate being there and watch all the festival films because the films that were screened at the island and at the lighthouse was the same films that we screened at the same time at the film festival and the online film festival and so it had to be somebody who who could like that and also we chose her because she's a huge film buff like you and uh, but she was also working as an emergency nurse at the hospital in her hometown and so she has really spent this year in the front line against the pandemic and fighting the pandemic. And so we, we thought we, when we had so many applications, we kind of didn't want to give it to um, this um, experience to maybe, because there were lots of like, you know, famous film directors and, uh, and um, uh, presidents of important uh, film companies, uh, famous people that applied, but we wanted to, to give uh, uh, this uh, opportunity to somebody who really had uh, spent this past year in the fight against the pandemic. From the
0: videos I've seen, her video diary that she kept while she was there, she yeah. was the perfect uh, person to do that. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. So, how did Lisa exactly watch the films at the
2: at the lighthouse? She watched them in, in a few different ways. Uh, we had arranged a screening room in the cabin and um, where the where she also lived, which was the old uh, house of the lighthouse keeper. Not right now the lighthouse is it's giving light it's <laughs> but it's not really important for the seafare anymore but in the old times when where it was very crucial to um, to the seafare and to the trade of uh, Sweden and uh, there was uh, lighthouse keeper living there all year round and um, with it the, with their family and uh, they had this very small house and uh, this 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 is the house where she lived so we arranged a screening room there but we also arranged a very small like mini cinema in the, in the top of the lighthouse uh with wow. a small projector and a small small screen and uh, so she could also climb uh, up um, to the top of this beautiful iron um, red um, la- lighthouse, and uh, watched films after dark, of course, there in the in the very top of the lighthouse. Yeah,
0: that sounds absolutely amazing! Wow, <laughs> what an what an experience! So the contest and Lisa, Lisa stay there, yeah. uh, certainly got a lot of media attention. I mean, that's how I found out about it. There were a lot of uh, articles and. Publications and websites all over the world. It seems. Do you feel the whole thing went well?
2: Yes, um, it was of course overwhelming to receive this kind of response to this idea, and uh, I that was very interesting. And, uh, and so many people all over the world engaged with it, with this, and uh, related to this, and uh, looked at the, the diaries and followed followed, the, followed the, her story. So that was great. Um, just today, this morning, I. Um, when I um, was on my bicycle on my way to uh, on my way to the office, I met uh, a friend who is working in um, in the port. He's working with uh, you know, um, helping the big ships come to the right place. You know, he's in a little boat and taking care of showing the way you know, for the big boats. And there was a big ship with from uh, Russia coming in, and. Uh, they have never been to Sweden before, the sailors or the people who were work, working on the ship. But the only thing they knew about was this, <laughs> it was the only thing they have heard about. So it really like reached out to so many people um, uh, all over and uh, yeah, that's fascinating. And it's been very interesting to be part of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It seems like it was good uh, PR, not just for your film festival, but for the country of Sweden, really.
2: Yeah, for sure. And it was, it was good PR also for the film festival, of course, both internationally but also nationally where we presented the film. So we had a record audience also during this year. And I think that was partly because of the, the big fuss about this lighthouse yeah. party. <laughs>
0: brilliant, absolutely brilliant idea. So are you thinking of doing it again? Even hopefully the pandemic will be
2: behind us by next year. But is, is, are you considering it again? No, we will not do the, the, like, the same thing once again. Uh, it would be... Uh, the same (laughs) it wouldn't have the same appeal to do like repeat an idea like this but we 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 actually are discussing to to make this kind of special screenings out there during summer maybe and bringing a filmmaker and bringing a a small audience out in the boats and uh, screening films there and having kind of a film weekend with dinner and uh, stuff there so maybe we will keep ties to the to the lighthouse even though we will not do this specific idea once again no
0: Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. But it's it's great to have that connection with the yeah. the lighthouse uh, the management lighthouse. there. I'll be interviewing uh, Eric, who uh, runs the uh, the operation out there. Ah, on the,
2: on oh, the wonderful, platform. wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great, and uh, he has been a very important partner in this project, of course. Mm-hmm. Also. I
0: would think so. Yeah, it's it's all it's also uh, so so great. You know, I was just excited to read about, it and I thought I got to put that in the podcast. Yeah,
2: of course. <laughs> second, I
0: second I read about it. So uh, Jonas Holmberg, and I I apologize for not uh, trying to do the the perfect Swedish pronunciation of your name, but it was fun trying a little Swedish on you. So again, you're the artistic director of the Jette Film Festival. And I appreciate you so much being with me today, spending this time. And uh, again, I just congratulate you and everybody on a successful event contest. It was just uh, so much fun to to read about. And uh, thank you so much, Jonas.
2: Thank you very much.
1: We have one more interview related to Potter Noster Lighthouse.
0: That's right. I also spoke with Lisa Enroth, the nurse who won the opportunity to spend a week at the lighthouse in conjunction with the Gothenburg Film Festival. Lisa is an emergency nurse who for the past year has been on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. She was chosen out of more than 12,000 applicants by the film festival to spend a week watching films at the Potter Noster Lighthouse. I spoke with Lisa a few weeks ago. Let's listen to that conversation now. I'm speaking today with Lisa Enroth in Sweden. And Lisa was the uh, recent winner of a contest, of course, to spend a week at Paternoster Lighthouse watching films. And that's uh, pretty much what we're gonna talk about today. Thank you so much for being with me, Lisa, I appreciate it.
3: Thank you for interviewing me.
0: So let me ask you first, before we get into the the film festival and the, your stay at the Lighthouse and everything, I know you work as a nurse. Uh, could you describe in a little more detail the kind of work you do as a nurse, and specifically what kind of work you've been doing for the past year? Uh,
3: well, this past year has been has been very different from from my other years as a nurse. I work at the emergency ward at my hometown. We have been taking care of Corona patients for the last year and. It has been pretty stressful, actually, because not only are we in emergency ward with all the emergency that happens with trauma and diseases, but also on top of that, we have been taking care of all the corona patients and all the corona patients that was admitted to our hospital went through my emergency ward. So we've been handling them all and it has been it has been intense.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure the uh, the past year has been very stressful. It has been for all of us, for especially for those of you, I think, on the front lines, uh, both uh, in the U.S. and Sweden and everywhere else. It's been been an interesting year, to say the least. So let me ask you, uh, what led you to enter a contest where you'd be staying on an island uh, with a lighthouse uh, for a week, watching films?
3: Well, as I wrote at my application. You had to write an email to apply to this contest. And uh, as I wrote there, I said that I, I really wanted to isolate myself because I haven't been isolating myself for the past year. A um, lot of my friends has been working from home and I saw them struggle with trying to don't meet so many people. But in my situation, I felt I was meeting too many people. <laughs> I had to interact with my colleagues. I had to interact with these COVID patients all days. And it felt like I really needed a pause. I needed something just to breathe for a moment. And I, when I saw the, the the film that they had for trying to make people to apply to this thing, there was this girl walking around on the island Opening the lighthouse and just walking around all by herself, unfortunately in the dark, but (laughs) well, she was, and I could really see myself doing that. So that's why I, I applied.
0: Yeah, I saw that video It's really nice, nicely done little video. So I'm, I'm, of course, I'm a lighthouse buff, and I'm also a film buff. So if I was if I knew about the contest early on, and I was Hmm. in a position to apply, I would have, but I think you were the perfect uh, choice. So let Uh, me ask you, uh, I know you're a film buff. I've read that in a number of the articles, and that comes through in your video diaries. Are you also interested in lighthouses at all? Was that a factor uh, at all for you? I'm interested
3: in the, the importance of lighthouses during the, the times where ships were trying to reach the, the shores. But uh, also, I'm, I'm actually a lot interested in lifesaving. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been a lifeguard for like 20 years now. I try to go one week per summer just to do lifeguarding stuff around Sweden. Mm-hmm. And the ocean intrigues me. And my town is in the middle of Sweden with no ocean and almost no lakes also. So I'm really longing for the water and the experience of being surrounded by water for one week was just great.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. So uh, the film festivals contest to have someone stay at the lighthouse got a lot of media attention. Uh, Mm. Eric Neeson uh, Johansson told me there was something like 4,000 articles in the press about it. (laughs) That's absolutely incredible. Were you surprised by all the attention you got uh, when you were about to go out to the island?
3: I was. During the application interviews, they said that it might be some press and I, how I felt about doing interviews. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be good. I, I thought like the local newspaper or maybe some radio show, but it was like nonstop for two weeks before I went. And then two weeks after I came home, it was nonstop. Press interviews, and I'm not really used to that. (laughs) And
0: (laughs) yeah, not many of us are. Yeah. No, and
3: just standing in front of a camera, trying to like, and especially in English, trying to make sense of what you want to to say. And but, all of the interview interviewers has been so nice, and I I felt like this is a positive thing that that I've done, and that that Jette Bosch Film Festival has done. So I haven't got any bad press or bad media or difficult questions that put me on the spot or something. It's just like mm-hmm. everyone has been so friendly. So, but it's, it's different. It's different to, to listen to your own voice.
0: No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your English is perfect, by the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is, it is.
3: Oh, thank it's, you. I'm, I'm struggling, but... Uh, no. Yeah,
0: it doesn't seem like you're struggling at all. And uh, I understand CNN was one of the, the many uh, media outlets that interviewed you all the way from, yeah. from the US. Yeah,
3: yeah, there were. And And when I was doing that interview, it was one before and one after when I came back again, I was just struck by, okay, so many people is going to listen to this. Okay, compose yourself, just breathe and try to not let them hear how nervous you are. <laughs> and that was, yeah. It was amazing to be able to do that. Yeah and once once in a lifetime.
0: Oh yeah, yeah you' uh, I was gonna say your 15 minutes of fame was a little longer than that, but
3: uh. <laughs> yeah, but it, it really felt like it. and I, yeah. I tried to save your every moment just to like be in the moment and enjoy mm-hmm. it.
0: Sure. And that shows in your your video diaries uh, which I was watching. and uh, in the first video uh, diary installment, you talked about the boat ride out to the island. Uh, that sounds like it was mm. exciting. You mentioned the fast boat. What what was that like yeah. going out there? Yeah, oh, it was brilliant, and I was so
3: excited to finally be able to see the island. I've, I've been googling the island a lot before I went, but just to be able to see it in the horizon, the water was all clear, the sun was shining, and the boat was going so fast. <laughs> it was that was that was really an experience. And then next to us was the boat with the press, the photographers, the photographers from the press and they were filming. And I was just trying to wave to them, but I, I just didn't really want to. I just wanted to look into the sun and look to, towards the island. So yeah, but it was, it, it was just beautiful. And it, it really is in the middle of nowhere. It feels mm-hmm. like it's, of course, I, I can see the mainland, but it felt really isolated when you yeah. were out there.
0: Several miles out, out the the, uh, yeah. the ocean there. Yeah, yeah. What was your first impression when you uh, when you arrived on the island?
3: I was I was kind of hyped because I've been doing interviews all morning, and and I was struggling to get off the boat and up on the dock. And I knew that my only mission then was just to walk up to the place where I was staying and just close the door and just wait for one hour before the press leaves the island. Cause they were walking around for one hour, just filming all the places and the sofa and the lighthouse and the. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was just to stay in my room for one hour, just trying to breathe. And I actually, I think I fell asleep for a while.
0: <laughs> I can understand that because
3: I was pretty ex- exhausted. But when the press left, I, I just walked around and had a look. Uh, mm-hmm. The sun was just going down. So it was beautiful. Yeah. But I was just walking around and checking out all the small buildings and
0: uh-huh. yeah. Uh, how were the accommodations where you stayed? Was, was it nice?
3: It was really nice. I had a real comfortable bed in a room or actually in sort of like a house of my own. There was uh, one more person staying on the island for safety. I did not really see her that much. We communicated through post its and I was struggling with the stove a few times, <laughs> trying to make it work. So that's when I needed to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, otherwise I had all the all the small um, houses for myself actually, and the, the main building with the, the kitchen and the and the and the sofa area where I where I watched most of the movies. That was just beautiful. And just walking around in the buildings and and knowing how old they were and knowing how much history there was in these buildings and
1: mm-hmm.
3: touching the desks where the where the lighthouse keepers used to used to uh, welcome the the um, the one in the boats the the captains the, they used to invite the captains and just sit down and talk about what happened in the world and yeah.
0: That's great. I was going to ask you if you had a sense of the uh, history there and, and what it was like for the lighthouse keepers and families who were there. So it sounds like you really did.
3: I did. And I just I had a kitchen, the kitchen garden just outside my window. Mm-hmm. There were two of them, but I had one with that was just outside my window. So I was often thinking about how, how it must have been to to stay there.
1: Mm hmm.
0: It's amazing to me that someplace like that was what they call it, We would call in this country a family station. You know, the keepers lived there mm. with their their wives and children. That some children lived a good part of their their lives on that little tiny island way out there. Uh-huh. We have some similar places here in the the United States. So it's just incredible. Uh, one thing I was wondering about that I, unless I missed something in the articles or in your video diaries, what did you eat while you were there?
3: I had bosch Film Festival. Actually, uh, they bought groceries for me, so I I could just tell them what I needed and what what I could cook, and they bought them for me. So I just, It was a self. What's it, what's it called? Self. Self catering. Catering. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's it. So I I just ate like chicken and salad and soup and beef and yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just normal foods Sounds
0: and a good. lot of it <laughs> yeah i know uh they serve a lot of seafood uh, when people come to stay stay there i don't know if you yeah. have access to that at all but yeah
3: I, I i did but i'm I'm not very good in cooking fish mm-hmm. and crab and okay. stuff like that so i sort of stayed away from that but sure. they have they have lots of
0: lobsters yeah.
3: yeah i've heard just around the island
0: yeah that's what eric was telling me so you were you were very isolated and you weren't allowed to have your phone or any other electronic devices, right?
3: No, that's true. I had no phone, and it was great. Uh, i I didn't really think not having a phone would be a problem, and it wasn't. It was relaxing not to have this noise beside you all the time mm-hmm. and just to be able to to watch a whole movie without being interrupted. I can really recommend it to. To, other, to others, just to put your phone in, 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 in another room and just forget about it. When you're watching a movie or a series or whatever you're watching, just to be really concentrated.
0: I have a bad habit, like a lot of us in this, this modern world, I'm on my phone too much, uh, not yeah. talking on the phone, but just doing various activities on the phone. And uh, exactly. the idea of actually being away f- from it for a week, taking a vacation from it is actually kind of appealing to me. I might have a withdrawal symptoms at first, but I think uh, it sounds sounds really good to me. So your video diaries uh, are a lot of fun to watch. I, it's like we're sharing your experience. Uh, and you know you're very expressive. I was wondering if you've done any acting.
3: No. Uh, oh, well, in, yeah, in in my youth, mm-hmm. when I was really small, I've yeah. done some acting, but no. Nah. Um, and actually, the first application video that I sent when I was trying to be involved in this project, I that was the first time I used my phone to film myself. So I'm not really used to it when you see yourself in the small screen, when you're filming yourself, I had to cover that screen because I didn't want to see myself because I was getting distracted and trying to think about how I looked. So Mm
1: -hmm. I
3: needed to put post-its over it just to. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I've uh, struggled with those kinds of things too, but they came, came out really, really fun. And uh, I know a lot of people have enjoyed watching those and I'll tell people uh, listening that if they, um, Get on youtube probably searching for your name uh would would find them pretty easily what's what's the best way to find them do you think if somebody gets on youtube
3: i um, think just for my name i yeah. think
0: yeah or paternoster uh maybe yeah. uh, p-a-t-e-r-n-o-s-t-e-r lisa or something like that but they're easy to find and they i think there's yeah. eight installments and they're really, really fun to watch. Uh, so in in the video diaries, you get very emotional at times. I can imagine that being isolated isolated like that kind of brought out emotions, all, all kinds of feelings. Two-part question. I don't know if you want to comment on that and what, you know, some of the emotions you you felt there. And number two, how did your emotions change or evolve during your your stay there?
3: At first I was really hyped, I was trying to relax and calm myself, but in a few days I found myself um, slowing down quite a bit and not being so hype and not running around and more like enjoying the experience and and just staring at birds for 20 minutes, that was my best hobby to do. And uh, just watching the ocean and watching the sun coming up and going down, and so at first I was really hyped, and l- later on I was starting to think more and and um, trying, to, and I I found myself thinking about COVID and what it has done to the world and what how it has affected so many people and how it has it, has, it had affected me and. And um I had some like breakdown during my my uh, video diary going on but well it, it wasn't too bad. I didn't go no no it
0: wasn't depressed bad. or
3: anything but I'm yeah it it, it it was a different experience just to be alone with your own thoughts and I think all the feelings got enhanced uh, how do you...
0: Yeah, that, that's a, I can imagine uh, by being alone in an environment like that, that everything would be a kind of intense like, like that. Yeah,
3: yeah, because you, you can't share your feelings with, with anyone. And as I was watching also the movies, that was pretty, pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Some of them or a lot of them were pretty emotional and you had no one to share that experience with. And that made that made a movie stay with you
0: longer. Now, I understand, as you mentioned, you could watch films in the house, they had a nice setup for you, or you could watch mm-hmm. them at the top of the lighthouse. Did you do that much? Did you spend much time on the top of the lighthouse?
3: I did not actually watch any movies up there, because the the, the, the blinking lights made it sort of <laughs> difficult.
2: <Yeah>. Um,
3: <laughs> but I, I spent a lot of time there. I did. I, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time just sitting. They, they made it really comfortable for, for me up there. And and I could sit and just enjoy the, the view. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I was really, I, I was trying to see uh, a seal during the whole week there. My like number one thing was to try to, to see a seal. And mm. they said that there was a lot of seals around the island. I did not see one seal. Mm. I, I don't know how that happened. I saw lots of birds, but no no seals at mm. all.
0: I wonder mm-hmm. if the seals are there more some certain times of year than other, other times? Or probably. probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, We have seals here as well, but like, I uh, spend a lot of time our, at our local lighthouse, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, and I've seen a few harbor seals swimming around there or even coming up on the rocks. But we have volunteers who've spent time there for five or ten years and never seen a seal, and they, they're always <laughs> looking for them. So it's the same thing here. They can be a little elusive, but uh, they Maybe do...
3: I'd- Maybe I just need to go back again.
0: Yeah, you do, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure you will one way or another at some point. Am I am I right about that? You think you'll go back sometime? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I, I, so. I have to. Yeah, I'm I'm a movie buff. People who know me know uh, movies are my other uh, passion, along with lighthouses. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting hearing you talk about the different films. They're not just Scandinavian films, but there are films from all over the world, right? Or yeah. at least uh, throughout Europe. I know there. Uh, various European films. And a lot of these are films that we don't necessarily get to see in the U.S., although sometimes on Netflix and that kind of thing, we get to see yeah. some of them. But what were one or two of your favorite films in the festival?
3: Wow, uh, there, there were actually so many. There is one film that I saw that is nominated for an Oscar right now. Uh, that's called, I think it's called Drunk, when, um, or One Last Drink. Um, it's a mm. Danish movie. Mm-hmm. With a, a couple of of uh, teachers that's decided to make reality of an, exper- of an experiment that includes uh, trying to keep a constant level of drunkenness that is that is still that means that they can still function and and do their job, but they're on the yeah, and mm-hmm. things happen and they're not really functioning that good anymore, but. Yeah, so they the, they're trying to be drunk for a long while, and hmm. yeah, things happen. It's a Danish movie, obviously. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. <laughs> sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think the uh, in uh, the English title given to that is uh, another round.
3: Is a like... run another round. Yeah, that's yeah. it. runda yeah. Yes.
0: I have to admit, I cheated. I, I just googled it on my phone. But I ah, good. Yeah. It says uh, the uh, in the New York Times they said a cinematic love letter to Denmark's drinking culture. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Obviously, it's a Danish movie. Yeah, but but they, it, it's brilliant, and I think the end scene uh, and the song at the end. It's ah, mm. oh, I've been listening to that song a lot <laughs> when I'm when I'm back here again. Yeah. I had to Google it. Yeah, huh. and that's actually one thing I missed on the island. I I, I wasn't able to Google stuff.
0: So. Yeah, we, I think so many of us just do that without thinking about it yeah. Just so quickly. You, you, yeah. you know, you hear about something you don't know anything about and you quickly Google mm-hmm. it, I do that.
3: And then there's uh, a, Iceland. an Icelandic movie that's called, mm-hmm. ha- uh, which, uh, that's called A Song Called Hate. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, this uh, Icelandic band who's called Hattari and they are joining the Eurovision Song Contest, which is a really big song contest in Europe. And uh, they... It is in Israel and they are doing a coup trying to hold up the Palestinian flag to mm. get it shown in on screen and they succeed. And it is a story about it's a documentary about how they did it and what led up to it and what happened afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's that was really intense and mm-hmm. a great documentary.
0: It sounds really interesting so I'll, I'll watch for those maybe I wouldn't be surprised if those at least those two films would probably show up on on Netflix or, or yeah. you know some uh, some way to watch them here in this country yeah. so there were something like 60 films in the film festival you didn't watch them all there did you
3: I watched the one that was on the program during the time that I was there so it mm-hmm. was about it was five four or five movies a day
0: Wow for so seven days. <laughs> So it's pretty had, in, pretty intense.
3: And all the the, the short films also.
0: Right. Uh,
3: wow.
0: Yeah. Did you feel movied out at any any point?
3: <laughs> no, I didn't because I there wasn't really so much
1: else much to do. Else
3: to do. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I I drew, I really enjoyed the movies. I did. It yes. was I I and when when the suns when the sun comes down, it's dangerous to move outside on the cliffs and stuff. So, so you might yeah. as
0: well watch movies. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned spending time at the top of the lighthouse. I was going to ask you what else you you did on the island, but between uh, maybe watching birds for a while and watching all those movies, there probably wasn't a whole lot of time to do no, too much else. That's,
3: that's true. I'm um, I I tried to get up on with with the when the sun came up, and I just walked around and i I, I trained a lot i I think i in one of the video diaries i I tried to show my gym Uh, i had a yes yeah (laughs) so i i did some exercising also Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and cooking and eating and walking
0: around and yeah
3: yeah yeah just enjoying life on on the island (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, it really sounds good to me in a lot of ways. So our listeners can't see you as they listen to this podcast, of course, but some, maybe some of them have looked at the, the video diaries. And if they if they do look at those, they'll see that you, at the time you're on the island, had br- bright pink hair. You, it's it's still partly pink at this point, I can see. We're talking yeah. on Zoom, Zoom here. If you don't mind me asking, does that color have any uh, special significance for you? Is there a special reason for that?
3: Uh, Not the color, but the fact that my hair has a color, I think has a significance because I'm trying to brighten things up, trying to, to, uh, because as we walk around in our scrubs all day, there's not so many ways that you can show your personality. It's your socks and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Your socks and your makeup. And I don't really wear makeup. So, and the socks is getting like a bit boring. So Mm -hmm. I needed to do something just to to brighten up the everyday life. And, and it's not always pink. It has been every color of the rainbow, I think. So <laughs> uh-huh. it's just one way to, to make things more happy.
0: Well, that's great. It does. It it, it does have a, a cheerful look. It made, made me happy to, to, to watch you on the, those videos. I have uh, one final question for you for bonus points. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you feel mm-hmm. the experience of spending uh, the week there and, uh, pattern roster, uh, did that experience change you in any way
3: hmm. I'm not sure um, it might have I'm I'm more conscious of the way I use my phone I'm more conscious of the, all the time I spend holding it without really doing anything important on it mm-hmm. just browsing around and Facebook and Instagram and I, I and I find myself feeling that I don't need it I need to do other stuff instead mm-hmm. so that's one thing um maybe I enjoy the silence a lot more before mm-hmm. I had the radio on every time I was on on my own and by myself I always had a radio or the tv on just to have some noise I don't mm-hmm. really need that so much mm-hmm. uh, it might wear out I might put the radio on again mm-hmm. but for now I'm just I'm just fine with the silence.
0: If you uh, if you could would you do it again?
3: Yes, I would. In a heartbeat. Please call me if you find an island and <laughs> and a way to isolate me for a week. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to.
0: Well, we have some remote islands with lighthouses on uh, the east coast of the United States where I am, but I don't know if it could be arranged for you to to watch movies there <laughs> for a week, but I'll see what ah. I can do. Okay, perfect. <laughs> we'll we'll work on that. Well, Lisa, uh it's it's really great talking to you. It's uh, you know, I've been reading about you and watching you on YouTube and everything. And it's great meeting you via Zoom here. And if you do ever come to uh to New England, to this part of our country, I'd be happy to to show you a, a lighthouse or two, maybe show a movie at a lighthouse or something like that. So oh, perfect. Yeah. It's a date. Okay, excellent. <laughs> well, again, uh thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate it.
1: Okay, thank you. To learn more about the Potter Noster Lighthouse Hotel, you can go straight to the English language version of the website at potternoster.se en. That's P-A-T-E-R N-O-S-T-E-R dot S-E slash E-N.
0: These two episodes on Potter Noster Lighthouse were a lot of fun for me. I really enjoyed the interviews and everyone was so friendly. I almost feel like I was welcome to Sweden as a guest. Next, we're going to introduce a new feature on this podcast because we're getting close to the busy season for lots of lighthouses around the country. We're going to give you a preview of some of what will be happening.
1: So we'll start in Maine. Friends of the Swan's Island Lighthouse plans to open Burnt Coat Harbor Lighthouse and the Restored Keeper's House around the third week of June. There are newly installed windows in the lighthouse tower that provide a great view as you climb the stairs. In the Keeper's House, there's an exhibit by students from the Swans Island School, as well as works by local artists and a historical display. Check out burntcoatharborlight.com to find out more.
0: Cape May Lighthouse in New Jersey is offering some full moon climbs. These are rare opportunities for nighttime climbs up the 199 steps to the Watchroom Gallery of the 1859 Cape May Lighthouse during select full moon dates each year. The tours are 8 to 10 p.m. and they're scheduled for May 26th, June 24th, July 23rd and August 22nd. You can get the details at Cape May MAC, again that's Cape May MAC, capemaymac.org.
1: At Point Arena Lighthouse in Northern California, the lighthouse tower is closed for the foreseeable future, but the museum and shop are open to the public. The Lighthouse is celebrating its 150th anniversary, plus one, this year. 2020 was the actual 150th anniversary, but the nonprofit organization that runs the site couldn't celebrate because of COVID restrictions. They just completed a writing contest, and there will be more events in the coming year. Go to pointarenalighthouse.org to learn more.
0: Port Isabel Lighthouse in Texas recently reopened to the public. The tours there are self-guided and are limited to 15 minutes. Groups of no more than six persons may tour at one time. Check out PortIsabelLighthouse.com for more information.
1: We should also mention that Portsmouth Harbor Light Station in Newcastle, New Hampshire is celebrating its 250th anniversary this year. It was the first lighthouse established north of Boston in the American colonies. Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, a chapter of the American Lighthouse Foundation, is offering tours by advance reservation this season. See PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org for the details.
0: Well, that's certainly a a place that's very uh, close to our hearts, Cindy.
1: Yes. Oh, yes, it is.
0: Yeah. And uh, I should also mention that our friend and the other co-host of this podcast, Michelle Jewel Shaw, is the chairperson of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Uh, Michelle and I will be helping with the tours uh, this year. And of course, uh, you are also on the organization's chapter leadership committee, Cindy.
1: That's right, I am. We're also planning a special virtual event for the 250th anniversary on June 6th, and we're going to have an art contest going on for the month of May. Details will be on our website. It's definitely an exciting year for our Lighthouse group here on the New Hampshire seacoast.
0: It certainly is. And of course, there are many more exciting things happening at Lighthouses besides the things we've just mentioned. And we'll be telling you more about uh, events like these in future episodes.
1: Many thanks. Talk to the guests in our two episodes on Potter Noster Lighthouse in Sweden. Eric Niesen Johansson in the last episode and Jonas Holmberg and Lisa Enroth in this one. And Thanks, as always, to all the volunteers, members, and staff of the U.S. Lighthouse Society and its chapters and affiliates around the world. Check out uslhs.org to find out more about Lighthouse Tours, the Passport Program, the Research Catalog, Preservation Grants, and all the things the Society has to offer.
0: You can always email me at jeremy at USLHS.org to let me know your ideas for segments on this podcast. And if you listen using Apple Podcasts, Audible, or any platform that allows you to post reviews, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review us. As always, thanks for listening and
1: keep a good light. I'm going to let it shine. All in my heart. I'm going to it shine. I'm going to let it shine. All in my heart. I'm gonna let it shine. Let shine, shine.